We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. I'm joined today by the president of the Germano Known Fan Club, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how are you doing, man? Oh, doing great. Man. Doing good? Alex, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I got no complaints. But there is a lot happening yeah. around the league, and I'm kind of itching to get involved mm-hmm. in some of that. Yeah, well, real quick, before we get on to that, I have to ask you if any of these names mean anything to you. I'm going to give you three names here. First name, Douglas Martinez. Second name, Sebastian Velasquez. And the last name, Fachi, Roberto Molina. Any of those names stick out to you? No, I have no idea where you're going with this. Okay, so these three individuals scored goals for the Indy 11 on Saturday night for the USL to clinch them a playoff berth. So the Indy 11 
have made the United Soccer League. I think that's what the actual league is called, USL Playoffs. So congratulations to them, the only team from Indianapolis to make the playoffs in 2023. Wow. Um, congrats to them. I don't want to take anything away from them when I say it's a bit sad for everyone else. <laughs> but, hey, look, props to them. Like, I, like I've said before, not too familiar with soccer. Going to be honest, didn't know that was a league, didn't know that was a team. But yeah, it's up to you for, I mean. You didn't know good. about the Indy 11? No, I don't know about the Indy 11. I, I think when you don't oh, live in man. Indiana, you you, not in Indiana. I think when you're not there, you don't know about the <laughs> Indy 11. I'm more focused on football, yeah, basketball, that's fair. things like that right now. Well, it is technically football, Pachi, so, uh, you know. Yes, yes. Expand it, it those horizons football. a little bit. But with that being said, there, there was some action that happened this past weekend. Uh, actually, Sunday night. Sunday afternoon, I should say, Drew Holiday, who had just gotten traded to the Portland Trailblazers, now finds a new home with former Pacer O'Shea Brissett and the Boston Celtics. In this deal, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and two picks going to the Portland Trailblazers. So essentially, the Portland Trailblazers traded Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic, and Keon Johnson, as well as Nasir Little for DeAndre Ayton. Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Tumani Kamara, and it looks like four first-round picks or three. Three first-round picks and two swaps. So not a bad haul for the Blazers. I think that's honestly better than the Heat's deal because in that situation, here's the thing. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So overall, by making two deals, I think this this was much better because – what they got for Drew Holiday, I thought, was a pretty good return. What they got for Dame was a real solid return. They're interested in DeAndre Ayton. I think they're far more interested in DeAndre Ayton than they were at Tyler Hero due to the guards that they already had. So I think that they got a contract yeah. that, while it's big on paper, they like Ayton and the, and the young core they have. The picks, the picks were very down the line, and I think that's exactly what they wanted. When you're talking about those 2028, 2029, 2030 related picks, those could be anything. And teams that are contenders now, yeah. there is no promise they'll still be contending five, six, seven years from now. And I think the Blazers, in the end, we were a little bit worried about maybe what they could get back for Dame for forcing his way to Miami. They ended up doing very well in this in this situation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Portland kind of irons all this out because I don't necessarily see a – I mean – Robert Williams will be clearly the backup to DeAndre Ayton, but does Robert Williams feel like he's a starter in this league and, you know, they they flip him later? Could We know Malcolm Brogdon has already been reported to be moved off of from the Portland team as well, so they could get an asset back from Malcolm Brogdon. Now, I definitely think you're not going to get anywhere near close to what you got in return for either Drew Holiday or Damian Lillard, but Malcolm Brogdon, you might get a bad first if you're lucky. Kind of like the Pacers got when they traded him to the Celtics when he was healthy. Um, I think you'd be lucky to get a bad first for him. You're probably looking at a combination of seconds, maybe with some salary filler for a guy like Brogdon, because I just feel like at this point, Brogdon has proven that you cannot trust him to stay healthy when it comes to the regular season and the playoffs. But with that being said, if we're looking at everybody that made trades during this past couple of days, you look at the Suns. They, they get rid of DeAndre Ayton. They bring in Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson. I don't really like that for the Suns. I don't. I I understand why they did it. I know that the DeAndre Ayton situation was completely over with, but I I just feel like Nurkic was not very good the last couple of years in Portland, and I don't think that 
he's just going to get rejuvenated here with the Phoenix Suns. So I'm kind of curious how this all plays out. I don't think it's about Nurkic. I think it's the ability to be able to move a player like Nurkic. I think it was much easier than moving DeAndre Ayton. Very few teams, I think, were in the market for a max center player that's not an all-star, an MVP or anything. So I think basically they broke down one really big contract into a bunch of potentially movable contracts. And I think for Phoenix, the next, Mm -hmm. there will be more moves to be made. And I think those moves will be coming closer to the trade deadline because this is a team that is obviously all in. And Nurkic, yeah, he's not championship material necessarily, but that man I don't think is going to finish this contract out in Phoenix. It'll be interesting, like I said, and I think one thing to keep an eye on is the latest report from Jake Fisher on his last podcast that said the Phoenix Suns are still trying to acquire TJ McConnell from the Indiana Pacers. Now, if you look at what the Suns just acquired, you could do a Grayson Allen trade for TJ McConnell straight up salary-wise. Now, I'm sure the Pacers probably want kind of second-round pick involved in that. Um, I would understand that reasoning from the Pacers because I do think that McConnell brings more value to what this locker room needs than a Grayson Allen. I know there's a lot of fans that are out on Grayson Allen as well, but if they were to wait, like you said, a little bit closer to the deadline, they could acquire an Asir Little and Keon Johnson for TJ McConnell, two players that they did acquire from the Portland Trailblazers in that deal instead of doing the Grayson Allen deal. So I think that we've kind of known all summer long that the Suns did have an eye for TJ McConnell and, We'll see how McConnell's role plays out here with Indiana, and we'll see if there's any injuries that happen because that's one thing we haven't really addressed when we talk about this crowded logjam at so many different positions is you're one injury away and your 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 team really isn't going to be hurt that bad necessarily. If, let's say, Nimhard gets hurt, you have a McConnell you can trust to come in there and put some significant minutes at the backup. Now, if Tyrese gets hurt, that's, one, that's a totally different story, but – there is strength in numbers with this Pacers team in terms of their depth, and I think that that's something they want to value as well when they're looking to make deals. Two different things. Uh, I did read a report that Keon Johnson is expected to be waived, so he won't be sticking around yeah, with Yeah, I Phoenix. did see that. Nazir Little is someone that I, I've had interest in years ago uh, before he had an injury. It might have been about two seasons ago. But going yeah. back to your Grayson Allen point, the, the salary-wise, it very well does – it works out. You know, you put in a trade machine, hey – they're, they're separated by, you know, a couple hundred grand, which is nothing in the NBA. It's enough for a deal to be pushed through. But you talk about, hey, wanting a second-round pick. Phoenix, at one point in this offseason, had dealt all of their second-round picks. They ended up getting a few back. I had a trade machine pulled up. They have a second-round pick that is extremely heavily protected from San Antonio. It's protected from picks 31 to 54. So it's essentially a fake 2024 yeah. second-round pick. But they do own Denver's 2024 second-round pick, so that would probably be the one they could include. It's not um, a second-round pick that's going to make a team better, but it is an asset. Um, Then you look at why would the Pacers want to make that move? Yes, McConnell. Here's the thing. Look, you know he's going to bring veteran leadership on a team that doesn't have that many veterans. But the difference is and why the Pacers could entertain talks, Grayson Allen's expiring. You know, TJ McConnell has $5 million yeah. guaranteed on next year's deal. It's a partial guarantee. $5 million of, you know, $9 mm-hmm. million in change. And then there's also the fact that Grayson Allen is a career 40% three-point shooter. So I know you think Grayson Allen, you think immature Duke player. It was years ago. He has matured a little bit. 
But from a maturity standpoint, he's no TJ McConnell. He's never going to be, and we won't act yeah. like he is. But if you are talking about saving money on future assets or anything like that, maybe accumulating their second round pick, the deal could make a lot of sense. Yeah, I honestly don't have a problem if the Pacers made this deal. I think it would make a lot of sense in terms of, like you said, financially for the future flexibility of the Pacers. But I also think you want to give TJ McConnell the chance to win with a team. Yes, you do. That's going to be good. He's been a, a great teammate, a great person for this franchise. And so you want to reward him by trading him somewhere. I mean, they did the same thing with Brogdon last year by trading him to Boston. Yep. And I think it was Brogdon that, remember, he came out and said that the Pacers said, yeah, we got trades with Toronto, Boston, and another another team that could have, I think Washington was the other team mm-hmm. where they could have had a trade in place for him because he thought he was going to Washington. And he said, he said, yeah, I'd like to go to Boston. So they ended up taking the Boston deal. They got Aaron Nismith, nice, Daniel Tyson, the deal, and they're still on the roster. So I will just say this. I, I think that the Pacers do value taking care of their guys, especially the ones that have been a part of this franchise and have been veterans for this team. So uh, getting TJ McConnell to a Phoenix would make a lot of sense. And at this point, you know, I, I, I love seeing TJ with the guys. I think that he's just a really good person to have around. He definitely brings an energy on the court that cannot be matched by anybody else on the roster. That's just what TJ McConnell does. So I, I totally get why fans are very attached to him because he is a fan favorite and he plays basketball like Hoosiers expect basketball to be played. So he's that you know, under the radar kind of guy, a guy that is underappreciated and maybe a little bit of an underdog, but he always rises above and always show and always shows, Hey, I'm a good player. So I'm not just this average little white guy that does different things. I'm a guy that can put the ball in the hoop. I can hit my floater. I'm going to get you guys involved. I want to play good defense. I'm going to steal the inbounds pass from the opposing team. So McConnell is a valuable player and a well-respected player across the league. Whether it's as depth, maybe it's, you know, your the backup point guard. Maybe it's a team that doesn't really have a point guard and he, he's starting. TJ McConnell makes every team better in the NBA because everything that you mentioned, being a great teammate, his hustle, his work ethic, everything is, it's contagious. And I, I think that any team that yeah. got TJ McConnell would be lucky. The Pacers have been lucky to have McConnell. And also he went to Arizona. So it's not like this. You'd be sending him anywhere that he's, you know, not happy with. And as it relates to Phoenix, this is a contending team. So I would fully understand if the Pacers yeah. were to to make that deal. But also going back to Grayson Allen, I looked at it and Grayson Allen has actually started. It was 131 of the 138 games that he's played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was actually a mm. decent part of what the Bucks had been doing the last few years. So it's not to say that he's just a salary filler. He's a player that I don't think he would be getting the same amount of minutes that he had been getting in Milwaukee. He was playing about 27 minutes. I don't know what the, the real role could be for him, but I like this situation a lot better than I do, you know, an Alfred Payton type of situation. I think that Grayson Allen, you're at least getting a really good three-point shooter who's expiring, and you could also move him at the deadline, even if it's just for a second-round pick. And, you know, Expiring. Now you do you you do understand how the Alfred Payton signings work, correct? Yes, I I understand. You keep saying we were not interested in Alfred Payton. They were looking to move Alfred Payton. All that. It just whenever that was even brought up initially, what I was go on. 
that was Cameron Payne. That was Cameron Payne. That, I don't. Alfred Payton was just that, recently signed by absolutely, the Pacers. Absolutely, that is a hundred percent. I I confused him. <laughs> Both played for Phoenix at one point. Yes. Okay. Cameron okay. Payne was the player at was the just, time when he was rumored yes. for you know and just in interest of them getting rid of him and that I was like I don't even want to be in the same sentence as him. Alfred Payton. <laughs> yes, I know how that works. Yes, so they have the rights for the G League, so you can play over there. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we were on no. the same page. I wasn't even thinking about campaign when you said Peyton. I just I know there's been some fans that were asking for clarification on why are we signing like Jordan Bell and yep. Alfred Peyton and then releasing them. It's to get their G League rights and they get a bonus by being on mm-hmm. the Pacers roster for a day or two. So it's just a nice way of like getting these guys in here to be a part of it. But like you said, Cameron Payne signed a contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, who are in need of a backup point guard, Isaiah Thomas. Went on social media, said, if you need a backup, let me know. And they said, hey, we're going to take campaign instead. So a little bit, you know, of an ignoring of Isaiah Thomas's plea here. But poor guy really did something great with the Celtics. And then after that, just can't really find his footing back in the league. But I do want to talk about the Bucs because they did acquire Damian Lillard. They move off of Drew Holiday. Now their roster, they did move off Grayson Allen too, but their roster really didn't get gutted by getting Dame because they did trade out a large salary in Drew Holiday to make this deal work. So when you look at the addition of Dame, are you a fan of it? Or do you think that the Bucs maybe took... Uh, um, okay, so you're you're a fan of it. No, I am. I didn't even need you to finish the sentence because it's it's a big acquisition. Dame is still, yes, I think he's honestly about 32, 33 years old. He's still in his prime. He's coming off of a season where he averaged 30 points per game. I don't think he needs to average 30 for the Bucs. I think he's playing next to the best player that he has ever played with in Giannis. He's also got Chris Milton. You have a potential defensive player of the year in Brooke Lopez. They got a good team that can go after it and win it all. Drew Holiday, as valuable as he is and makes every team better, Drew Holiday has said that he thinks he could very well retire after this contract. He only had two years on this deal, and one of them is a player option. So I think in this situation, you're getting Dame for more years, but you're going to get a rejuvenated Dame that I think is really going to give you everything he's got playing the most meaningful basketball he's played in years. And I think the Bucks did exactly what they had to do to show Giannis they are serious. They are looking to say, hey, we want you to re-sign here. We'll do whatever it takes to win, even if it means trading future draft picks. We're all in. Yeah. I, I do think it buys the, the Bucks a little bit more time for Giannis and that extension coming up. Now, yes. I think that this season will have to play out. You're going to have to see how things work together. And I do think that if you look at Milwaukee's last couple of playoff runs, yeah, they won the championship in 2021. But in the playoffs in 2022 and in 2023, they were just missing something offensively. And that is the reason why the Miami Heat were able to take care of them. Because if you think about it, the only guy that could really create his own shot and get you a late clutch bucket was Chris Middleton. Giannis is not that kind of score, and Drew Holiday is a very streaky offensive player. Drew Holiday is a terrific defender, and he can really muck it up, and and really he can get going offensively at times, but there were times in the playoffs where he was just not putting up the numbers that he needed to offensively to really help carry the load for the Bucs. So I do think that getting Damian Lillard does drastically improve their offense. Now, their defense will take a step back, in my personal opinion. You don't lose a guy like Drew Holiday and and not take a step back defensively. Now, 
I think they're going to have to continue to add pieces to that roster as the season goes along and kind of fill in the holes, maybe get a veteran here or there to that they can trade for if a team ends up not performing as well as we've seen before or someone wants to be traded. Like we've, we've seen that plenty of times. I think they're going to continue to add pieces, but they get they did get Malik Beasley in the offseason as well. I think that was a little bit of an under-the-radar pick. I think it he's was. a very good player, nice, ro- nice role player that, that they can fit in there. They bring Jay Crowder back on a short-term deal. They got campaign. They got Robin Lopez to be the backup center. They still have Pat Connaughton. So this is a team that I think has what it takes to continue – to move in that position to win a title. This only helps, in my opinion, them become more title favorites, especially Eastern Conference uh, champion favorites. I think that Damian Lillard, there's no doubt about it. He is an he is a bucket, Fachi. And this is exactly the kind of person that the Bucks needed on this roster. So uh, I forgot Bobby Portis as well is still with the Bucks too. So they have a nice roster here in terms of their depth. But if you look across the Eastern Conference at the team that's gone head-to-head within the last two times, or not the last times, but the last time in 2022 in the playoffs, it was a fun seven-game series. That's the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics ended up beating the Bucks in seven games. They made some interesting moves this year. They got rid of Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and they lost Grant Williams to the Dallas Mavericks in free agency for Porzingis and Drew Holiday. What were your thoughts on how the Celtics have reshaped this roster? Well, a couple of things. Going back to your point about the Bucs real quick, is the last couple of years, they've not been healthy. I mean, you look at Chris Milton. Milton had surgery last year. He was not the same player. I think you're going to get a healthy Milton back. Also, Giannis got hurt in the series against Milwaukee. So I do think that this is a team that, yeah, you know, we, we can't be sleeping on because they are going to come back healthy. Dame even got shut down. So yeah. he should be coming into this season very healthy. So, we, you and I, when we did our predictions, we had the Bucks as the one seed before this trade. Uh, we actually... I'm not changing my, it. Yeah, I'm not changing it either. So I think that's great. But then going over to the Celtics, I felt like this was an arms race that once the Bucks made this move and they brought in Dame, it put the pressure on the Celtics to say, we got to get a deal done. And we've known that Malcolm Brogdon was yeah. someone that was nearly traded but it didn't happen. They've been kind of dangling them around the league. And then when Drew Holiday became available, I think they thought this is the perfect player to add to this team in the wake of losing Marcus Smart, a defensive leader for this team. So big move to get Drew Holiday. Robert Williams, yes, a very good player for the Celtics. And Brogdon is coming off winning sixth man of the year. I still think this, this was a great trade. They give up two first-round picks, one of them a Golden State Warriors top four protected first for 2024. I don't think that's going to be great. And then they gave up a future pick down the line, I believe a 2029 first. That, you never know. Yeah, You're looking for a championship. This is a move the Boston Celtics had to make if they want to compete and really get the job done because the last few years they've been championship or bust and they've come up short. This is a move that I think was a home run for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I like the Drew trade. I'm still a little bit torn on the uh, Porzingis trade. I, I I think moving off Marcus Smart, I understand why they did it. It was not just because they wanted to add big man depth. I think they wanted to allow Marcus to be moved off this team so that other people could step up into that leadership role and not feel like they're stepping on Marcus's toes because they did respect him. And I think his teammates respected the heck out of him. So they wanted to allow him to continue to be that leader. I think Derek White really took some steps forward last year in the playoffs and in the regular season and showed 
okay, he's a really you know super solid player for this team and is only going to help them in the playoffs because I thought he was really good. I think Brogdon was kind of hit or miss last year at times. It's just like the injuries, you just never could trust him. So that's the thing with Robert Williams. He's been kind of injury prone too throughout his career. So you get off two guys that you couldn't really rely on for 75 plus games a year. Um, I think that Drew is one of the best defenders in the league. You add that to, to maybe guard a Damian Lillard now in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're going to get Jalen Brown. you got Jason Tatum. You've got Derek White, who's a really good defender. And then you got to figure out who you're starting at the five. Is it Porzingis or is it Al Horford? I would assume it's Porzingis and Al Horford comes so. off the bench. Maybe they go maybe they go double big and end up bringing Derek White off the bench. I think that is also a possibility. But I just feel like they kind of tore down their depth. You know, it's like Luke Cornett could legitimately get serious minutes in a playoff series because we've seen Kristaps Porzingis his entire career. He's not, he's an injury prone guy. He is not someone that has been uh, maintained health. And that does worry me a little bit for the Boston Celtics. Yes, if everyone can stay healthy and on paper, they look really good. But putting all your trust in a KP like that, that just doesn't really fly with me. I'm just a little bit skeptical of how things play out. But I did like the Drew pit, the Drew trade. I thought that was great for them. I think it makes them instantly better than what they had before that trade. I just, I'm just a little bit skeptical on the KP stuff. I've lived in numerous markets where Porzingis was involved in. Whether it's you know living in New York, and what were those the markets? The Knicks, and then when I lived in DC, you know for the Wizards, and this man can't stay healthy. I had to bring him up, didn't you? Yeah, he can't. Oh. What happens is um, when you go month after month. Look, he starts out the season all the time really well, and when he plays, he's a really good player. Problem is. Come the end yeah. of the season, he's never there. And part of that might be he's been on some teams that don't make the playoffs, but the other part, and he did this for the Mavs. He was hurt when he when the Mavs made the playoffs as well. So it, it is a really bold move. They signed him to that extension also. If Porzingis, and that's always an if, stays healthy, I really do like the Boston Celtics. I think it's awesome. Their starting yeah. five is, is really good. I mean, you had Derek White. Who is an all defensive player, you know, all defensive second team or something of that sort? You know, then you're obviously bringing in Drew Holiday. That's a really pesky backcourt. And obviously, you got studs in, in Tatum and Jalen Brown and Porzingis. And then look, you got some some reliable guys like Al Horford. But Horford ain't getting younger. But I think that this is a really yeah. good move. This trade for the Boston Celtics to maintain that status of they are an elite team in this league. And you got to say, I don't think there's a scenario where you could put them outside of the top two in the East. And if you're looking around the league, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're a top three team, I'd say, in the league. Yeah, I originally had the Celtics finishing third in the Eastern Conference with the assumption that Damian Lillard would end up being on the Miami Heat. I think if I were to re-change everything that I did there, I still don't know who I would have in that three spot. I think that it's really up for grabs. You got Cleveland, New York. Philadelphia, I threw Atlanta in that mix. I know you're not as high on them, but I think no, there's a lot of opportunities there. There's a lot of opportunities for teams to kind of step up and be that third team. I mean, Miami still could be that team if they just stay healthy, but they lost a lot of players. Max Truce, Gabe Vincent, and then they miss out on Dame. You got to also think, how did those rumors impact the players that didn't get traded at this point? So I just kind of wonder where Miami's at because – They've got a lot of stuff riding on what Jimmy Butler can do for him. And I just wonder 
how much longer can Jimmy Butler be Jimmy Butler? Because he's been lights out in the playoffs, but in the regular season, you know, Jimmy Butler, there's always been that, that common thing where he just kind of turns it on in the playoffs, but in the regular season, he's just, you know, he's good, but he's not, he's not who he is in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, he looks like a top five player a lot of times. So I think Miami is still an interesting team, but I do think that this trade getting drew on the bucks, getting Dame on the, uh, excuse me, drew on the Celtics, Celtics. Dame on the bucks. That, would that say it again? Did I say it wrong? No, you said it wrong the first time that I, you got it. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait a second. I thought I fixed it, but right. So Drew's on the Celtics, Dame's on the Bucks. The rich got richer in the Eastern Conference. That does help the Pacers because I do think that if Dame had gone to Miami, now you're talking about three powerhouses in the Eastern Conference. Now you feel like there's only two, which means that that is a big open door for eight other teams to get into the playoff playoff contention there. And some will be in the play-in, but at least there's going to be four spots you feel like that could be up for grabs for the playoffs. Yeah, here's the thing. I think that these deals, they have to put the pressure on Miami. You talked about who they lost. They haven't been able to acquire a star in quite some time. And I know you mentioned, what does this do to impact people? Tyler Hero, even he was tweeting out saying, like, Hero, you're safe. And he was like, uh, only for a year or you know, maybe not till next time. He knows he's being shopped. It's it's the it's the tough part, the business part of the NBA. But then, what does this do for Philly? If you look at Philly now, they have a disgruntled James Harden. Does this put the pressure on them to get a deal done to bring in some help? Because yeah. this Philly team, as it is, even if they have Harden and he's playing out the season, whatever, they still don't look anywhere near on the level of Boston and Milwaukee. So they might have to make a move. And you talked a little bit about you know the Knicks yeah. that. Knicks have been sitting. They didn't have a draft pick. They they brought in Dante DiVincenzo. They they traded Obi Toppin. They didn't really do anything. You got Cleveland. Cleveland made some additions, but doesn't look like Donovan Mitchell will resign there. They have a window to win of about two seasons. So I think that these trades that we saw this past week, I think is going to set off for other teams to say we really need to go out and get it. And I think that we might start seeing some teams speed up that process instead of waiting for the trade deadline, this might end up picking things up because we thought maybe Drew Holiday could get moved, you know, I don't know, a little bit later on. This deal got done quickly, and I think that other teams are going to be turning around saying we got to get our hands on someone else because it's just not enough right now. And this had me thinking, man, even if the Pacers are to make the playoffs, what, the prize is to play Milwaukee or Boston in the first round? I went, oh, man, we're we're way further away from – being able to compete, then then it even seemed that we could be that far off. But this looks like we're almost playing in a different league than Milwaukee and Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's why getting the sixth seed could be so huge for this Pacers team Massive. if they really want to get some playoff experience. But I, I will say this. If you're looking at Boston and Milwaukee, I probably fear Milwaukee more than Boston. I think that I agree. with Boston's bench, you feel I feel like with Boston's bench, you can take advantage of that with the Pacers bench that they're probably going to have. I think there's a little bit of strength in numbers there, but I also would love to see the experience for these young guys. How would a Tyrese Halliburton or a Benedict Mather handle the defensive pressure of a Drew Holiday or a Derek White in a playoff series? I think that Porzingis has been some of the Pacers have struggled guarding at times. How does Obi Toppin handle going up against 
you know, someone like a, a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. I think there's a lot of different things to be thrown out there where that kind of playoff series, I'm getting ahead of myself, but just thinking about it, you the are. experience would be good. It would. I, but I'm just envisioning just the experience, how important that would be for these guys to say, okay, these are titles contenders. This is what's going to take for us to get to a title. This is how much better we have to get this, is how far away we currently are. So personally for me, I think that this is a good Pacers team. They they made good moves in the offseason, but nothing that made me feel like, all right, we're ready to start competing for the playoffs and the championship. No, you made good moves that make you feel like, okay, we have a chance to make the playoffs. That's kind of how I feel about this team. But we didn't get a chance to talk about Chad Buchanan's press conference that he did on Tuesday. The basically the same sentiment that we had when we had our conversation with them back in August was no expectations for this season. We're going to play things out. We're going to see how things go the first couple of months and pick a direction at that point. It feels like this Pacers team is still very committed to looking at the long term and not getting a little bit happy and, and jumping the gun and trying to make this team a solid playoff team, or as KP used to say, a tough out. They want this team to be a legitimate playoff contender. And that is by developing and making the right moves and not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that is why I also think they were not that adamant about going after a guy like Drew Holiday by giving up so many assets for a short-term success. I agree. Because here's the thing. There was a part of me that got a little bit sad. I don't know what it was, but like, when this Drew Holiday trade went down, I really thought to myself, like, look, it's not that we were ever going to beat Milwaukee or Boston in the playoffs, but it made me be like, why would the Pacers want to push the chips all in and not say all in, but like yeah. make a big, big trade this year when those teams are looking as ferocious as they are in the East? I just felt like it was like, you know what? I, I want to make the playoffs. I do. But we got to stay the course and not just jump ahead before we're ready. When Chad came on our show, he said, we got to see where we're at in January. And then we'll make a decision. I think that's fair. I We all want one. I even yeah. asked Matherin, are we going to make the playoffs? He said, oh, you bet. I'm like, we want to hear that. But at the same point, don't trade two first-round picks for Siakam for, for one season, knowing that you're still not better than Boston or Milwaukee Keep keep these chips. If you got to trade a couple guys, you know, to no core pieces, but trade a couple guys to continue to bring in assets, so then you can one day make one of these big trades. That's what it's all about. And I think the Pacers are getting closer to being able to pull off a blockbuster deal than they are to just bring in someone for half a season and say, "All right, we want to go to the first round, and if we get bounced, whatever, that's success." That might not be their definition of success because we want long term success. And I think we got to stay the course for now. Let's let's quickly look at the pros and cons that would have come from trading for a guy like Drew Holiday, right? Mm -hmm. I think your biggest pro, it makes you better, right? Yes. That's number one goal. It makes you better for this season. Number two, I think it does help start the beginning of a defensive culture in Indiana. I think that Drew could make others better, and I think he could give them some insight on how that works out. Now, Number three, you still have his player option. He could opt into that. He could decide to work out a new deal and stay here with the Pacers for a couple of years, and you really like that. And I think number four, which is one thing that we always hate talking about, but you kind of have to look bigger picture here, that's another asset that you could use. Look, 
if the Pacers brought in Drew Holiday for three or four months and decided, okay, we're not going to be a playoff team at the deadline, now they're in the same situation that the Trailblazers were in. Now they're at the team that a lot of people are going to be asking for a Drew Holiday. And I think come January or February, teams will be more desperate to make a move like that where they might be willing to give up more than they were at this point. So there's also that that comes into play. But I think that if you look at it from strictly why it's a bad idea, it's because you don't want to rush the rebuild. You don't want to overpay for someone that only could be here for a year. And how much is Drew Holiday going to be bought into playing for a team that doesn't have title aspirations? I think that's the main thing here. I've heard the pushback that, oh, you want to get rid of Buddy, but you want to bring in Drew. We can pump the brakes on that just a little bit because Buddy Hield and Drew Holiday are not even in the same no. stratosphere when you're talking about where they belong tier-wise in the NBA. So Drew Holiday is an all-defensive guy, an all-star. Buddy Hield is a role player. So I think your team automatically gets better with a Drew, but it doesn't make sense, like you said, like with Pascal Siakam or a Drew Holiday or whomever, to push in two or three picks plus assets for a one-year rental potentially without knowing what the outcome is going to be for the long term. No, it, it doesn't make sense. Look, short term, it would be so fun. Oh, my God. Wow, we're going for it. Like, look at this. And Drew Holiday would probably be the best thing that's ever happened to Tyrese Halliburton and Andrew Nimhard. The impact of playing with them, even for a year or two, would probably last for the rest of their career. We've had numerous players talk about how underrated Drew Holiday is. I've listened to uh, plenty of podcasts with NBA players going on where they say the same thing. Most underrated player, Drew Holiday. He's awesome. But, yeah, we talked about it. He said he might retire after this contract, which means he's probably not going to spend his last year in Indiana. I think he would want to go and, and go after a ring. So you'd be trading a lot for probably just one year or then with the intentions of trading him again. I don't like when I don't like a move like that. If we're gonna go all in, try and get a guy that you really feel can be here for a couple of years. Maybe it's someone who's signed for multiple years. Whatever it is, you want there to be more than just a hey, we can probably top out at being a second round team if we trade two firsts, you know, some expiring contracts, maybe a promising young player. That's a lot to give up. So I think it'd be fun, but I don't think that we're there yet. You know, we're, we're, we're just not ready for this. When you look at when Cleveland pulled off the deal for Donovan Mitchell, he had about four year, three, four years left on that deal. You can justify yeah. that to say, hey, this is a team that is going from not making the playoffs to really looking to contend over the next few years. The Pacers wouldn't have that many years with Drew Holiday. It's just too bold of a move, and I don't blame them for not getting that deal done if they went after him. Yeah, I think... I think they called. I think that they I, were they like, okay, what can we do to get this deal done? Mm -hmm. I mean, you heard the trade offers that were put out there by Zach Lowe, Sam Bassini. Yep. Very, very basic offers. The Pacers were not giving up any players that probably look at long-term assets, and they were also just giving up picks that were, you might give up one good pick and one interesting pick. Like the the one that the that Sam Bassini had was the Pacers only giving up Ben Shepard, who was a 26 pick, and then mm -hmm. A 2024 unprotected first this year. I think the Pacers would have easily done that deal yeah. if that's all it would have taken. So, you know, not a not a knock on Ben Shepard, but come on now. You're talking about Drew Holiday, someone exactly. that could have helped this team. And I think, you know, you've got Tyrese locked up and you want to continue to make Tyrese happy and, and the rest of the guys happy here by adding in talent that makes you feel like you can get to that point 
of competing for a title. But at the same time, these players are very well aware, especially the people that are going to be here long-term, of the bigger picture. So let's have a good year. Let's shock the world. Let's go out there and play great Pacers basketball. But let's not overthink this. This team is not a championship-level team. And that is why you saw a championship contender like the Boston Celtics offer what they did because that offer was probably a lot better than the other offers that were out there or the Blazers wouldn't have done it because we know that Portland was very strategic in how they went about moving off of Damian Lillard and they refused to just trade him to Miami because that's where he demanded to go. And I think that Miami Heat fans, they have been all over the place on social media, very upset, very irate. They absolutely hate Portland and Joe Cronin, but you know what? At the end of the day, kudos to Portland for standing up for smaller markets, for making the best deal that was possible for their franchise, and for not just trading Dame to where he wanted to go, but to a destination that he ended up signing off on, but getting the best assets back for them. I think this is the same situation the Pacers were in when Paul George requested a trade. There was zero to no chance they were trading him to the Lakers, and that is why he got dealt to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that deal worked out for the Pacers. I mean, they ended up acquiring two all-stars in that deal and can't even remember who would have really been available for the Lakers. You know, at the time, I don't know who they would have gotten, but it would have been yeah. a player as good as Sabonis. So, and obviously Oladipo was unbelievable for that. Or you know, Oladipo, 17-18. Yeah. Well, I know, I know. But, you know, it just, it was, it was yeah. like a blink of an eye. You know, it went, it went by so quick. But, and then yeah. Sabonis helped us get Halliburton. It, it all worked out amazingly. One of the things that I found interesting was that Dame said he would sign off on Brooklyn as well as Milwaukee. Brooklyn, a middle-of-the-pack playoff team at best. Probably a team that this year, you know, bringing in Mikel Bridges and, you know, last year and Cam Johnson. I don't know what's left with Ben Simmons. You know, they could maybe be a play-in team-ish. The fact that Dame was willing to go there, and I get it, it is still New York. It's a big market. I look forward to when the Pacers can be a middle-of-the-pack playoff team that has buzz with Tyrese Halliburton and a few other players like Benedict Matherin and others that are developing that maybe that star, all-star player says, hey, I'd sign off on Indiana. I look forward to when that happens. And I think that we're probably about maybe about two years away from that. But, hey, I look forward to that day. I'll just say this. If Milwaukee can do it, then the Pacers one day should hopefully have some hope that they can do it. I've been to Milwaukee. Indianapolis is a much more fun city than Milwaukee. It's kind of boring, not going to lie. Their arena, don't even feel the same kind of like excitement when you walk in as you do for a Pacer game. And that's not even because I'm a Pacer fan. I'm just going to tell you like, yeah, there you got a lot of loyal Bucks fans. It's a cool arena. I'm not going to lie. Like I had a good time when I went there, but it just doesn't feel like you don't feel the same passion. Now, maybe in the playoffs, it'll be different, but the passion, just like it, it's, it's, it's a football city. They're, they're Packers fans. Like that's the big thing there. And I, I think that the Bucks have really gotten a lot of fans recently because they've been good. But if the Bucks were irrelevant, we would know that this team would be one of the worst teams in terms of attendance, because we saw how bad those teams were at the Bradley center. So I think that small markets should feel good about what Milwaukee's doing, but it all it's all about drafting the, the right guys and then trying to, once you get your guys, building around them and paying the luxury tax and doing what you have to do. So all the stuff that like the campaign signing, while it seems small, that's a big 
that's a big pay for him because of what they're going to have to pay on the luxury tax. So I think that the Pacers are eventually going to get to that point someday, <laughs> you know, might be 10 years, might be 20 years, whatever. But I think that they've got a, a star in Tyrese Halliburton right now that's going to make this place an even more attractive place than it has been. And you got to try to maximize on his five-year deal that's coming up here starting next season in the 2024-2025 season. But Fachi, we've talked a lot about non-Pacer stuff today, but I thought it was good to kind of recap these trades, kind of look at where the Pacers fit in with the rest of the Eastern Conference. But I don't see why they couldn't be a top six team in the Eastern Conference next year if they stay healthy and everything plays out like we're hoping it does. Hey, I would love to see it. I'm very hopeful. I don't think that it is unrealistic at all. I think the Pacers should very well, if not be the sixth seed, be in contention for it. So we'll see how this yeah. how it shakes out over the next few months. We'll know, just like Chad said, hey, once we get to, say, January or so, we'll get a good feeling of this if this team should push forward, maybe make a deal to get to the playoffs, or maybe say, hey, you know what? Let's try and move a guy or two and set ourselves up for that big offseason that we've been waiting for, for for years now. Will it ever come? I feel like it's getting close. I don't know, but we're going to have to wait and find out. This is a big year to tell because we're not looking to take baby steps anymore. We're looking to, you know, if we can't get to the playoffs, I think we're going to finally be able to shake it up a bit to be able to bring in that guy who can get us to the playoffs. Absolutely, Fachi. It's going to be a lot of fun hearing what these guys have to say because we are recording this Sunday night, and Monday is media day. I will actually be able to attend my first media day since doing the podcast, so I will be at the at the field house at the practice facility to hear what the guys have to say, and it'll be a lot of fun. Just always a lot of buzz at the beginning of the year, and I think the Pacers even tweeted this is uh, this past weekend was the last weekend that we have without Pacers basketball. So Whew. basketball for the Indiana Pacers is just right around the corner, whether it's preseason or not. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. But wanted to say this before we sign off. If you haven't seen any of the posts that I put out on social media over the weekend, a couple things here for some housekeeping here at the end of the show. Number one, if you'd like to be – a participant in our setting the pace fan of the week segment. We are going to be doing setting the pace fan of the week mixed with trivia. Two fans will compete one another against one another in head to head trivia. Whoever ends up winning that round or winning that game will move on to the final of the month and they will compete for a bigger prize package. Me and Fachi are going to come together and find a nice little prize package for the winner of the month. So if you'd like to be involved in the setting the pace fan of the week trivia section of our show let us know also we wanted to do something that we've not done before but we got the the go to or the okay to do it the okay to go ahead and do it and that is if you are looking if you're a small business owner or just you have a business you would like to promote on this show if you want to sponsor the show please email me at alexgoldennba at gmail.com I would love to get in contact with you. We have three different options that you can pick from one from being a a ton of sponsorship love, and then one kind of in the middle and then one kind of on a lower tier. If you'd want to participate and be a part of the show, hit us up. We will do ad reads for you. It's, it's a cool way for us to get your business out there for all of our listeners to connect. Uh, We do have some already in the works, so that is exciting. And I'm excited to talk about that when that uh, is official, but If you'd like to be a part of one of these segments or something like that that we do on the show, we would love to have your business uh, partner with us. So that's the best way to do that. But Fachi, 
Anything else before you give us a rundown? Nothing. I uh, think you said it all, and I, hey, we're excited to hear from you guys, excited to break out trivia. So, uh, you know, let's see what you guys got. All right, Fachi, hit us with where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they're checking us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, the Pacers podcast, where you can find all of our video content. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your show. But if you're excited that the Indy 11 have made the playoffs and the Pacers basketball is back, hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.